Welcome to the Pair Program from Hatchpad, the podcast that gives you a front row seat to candid conversations with tech leaders from the startup world. I'm your host, Tim Winkler, the creator of Hatchpad. And I'm your other host, Mike Ruin. Join us each episode as we bring together two guests to dissect topics at the intersection of technology, startups, and career growth. We're going to jump in here. So Kelsey, thank you for joining us on the pair program. Uh, This is another bonus episode of a mini series that we call How We Hatched. Um, So this is just a fun discussion to hear a little bit more about your unique career journey, you know, where you came from and and how you arrived at this current point in your seat today as the chief technology officer at Opportunity at Work. Um, So I'd like to always start by, you know, having you provide the listeners with just a quick overview of you know, opportunity at work, you know, what, what are the, the, these big overarching problems that you all are solving here? Yep. So opportunity at work is a nonprofit uh, organization uh, based out of um, Washington, DC. Uh, our mission is to uh, find equitable jobs for stars, uh, candidates that are seeking uh, opportunity. Uh, we call them stars, uh, but they are skilled through alternative routes. For sure. Yeah, it's a it's a mission that um, I think is just overall, I mean, needs to be embraced um, globally, right? It's it's something that uh, we as a country have have always struggled with. Um, you know, how, how do we empower, you know, uh, a more diverse workforce? Um, and I think this is one of those outlets that is really trying to crack that code um, and kind of rewire, you know, the way that the, the labor workforce is, is built. Uh, so, it's a, it's a fantastic mission. We're, we're excited to, to learn more about it throughout this discussion, um, but we're going to keep it more dialed in on you as well, right? So, um, you know, we're, we're all about tech here, and, and so we always want to, you know, what, what got you into the world of tech? Let's, let's, let's go back in time and let's start around your journey. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing and, uh, you know, what, what got you fascinated with, with getting into a, a, the, the world of technology. Yeah, I was always a geek, a nerd. Uh, back in the day, everyone hated to be called a nerd, but um, I was a nerd uh, back in the day. And um, in high school, uh, I was, you know, I was always tinkering and playing with different things and, you know, and in games, you know, games was, you know, we was in the, the beginning stages of games. It was more of a green screen and, you know, had paddles <laughs> kind of moving things around was all fascinating. And again, like that's, that's what kind of drew me into uh, technology. Um, you know, I, I was fascinated with, from a gaming perspective, but I didn't ever think businesses were, were using, you know, technology in that level, you know, in that facet until I went to Dallas, Texas, my aunt who worked at Frito-Lay, um, and she was in like this call center and she was like considered like computer operations and they were doing cool stuff. And I was like, man, this is not games. This is like computer stuff for companies. And, and, you know, you guys are doing this type of stuff and managing this, that, and another, the, the list of logistics of where trucks are going and people needing, you know, inventory. And you guys would, you know, they were managing all of that. And I was like, man, that's fascinating. I want to do that when I grew up like you. <laughs> and that's what kind of, you know, kind of got me started uh, down the path. Um, I went into the military. And I and even in the military, I was like, I wanted to do something with the computers. I I I just want to do something, you know, from a computers engineering or at the time it wasn't really computer engineering, it was like programming. 
I just want to do computer programming. I just want to do that type of stuff. Um, going to the military, I was um, I worked as a uh, as a uh, computer operator. We, we used to call them five direction computer or five direction controls controllers. Mm-hmm. But we were known as the brains of artillery. So I was in an artillery unit, um, and we actually did all of the computations and all of the putting everything together to uh, tell the actual artillery men how to actually shoot a a a missile or a rocket or down you know downstream to to the targets. I did that for you know eight years. Got out of the military and. Um, started my journey in college and trying to break into corporate America. Um, again, at, at that time, I was considered a star. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, I had gained a lot of skills in the military um, on how to program, on, you know, uh, how to lead people. Um, and, you know, you know, uh, landed my like first job at Equifax. Um, as a, you know, in their computer center, in their like data center, that's where I really got my first like taste of technology in corporate America was, was in Equifax, uh, where I, you know, continue to, you know, um, go to school, continue to learn, uh, continue to, um, uh, persevere, you know, be persistent, persevere in technology and, and, and how technology works how, you know, people use technology, how you test technology to make sure your users are satisfied with it and um, how to kind of like project manage, how you take a project and and actually get, you know, get it actually built out or executed or, or you know, people um, utilizing the software or the, the services that you're, you know, that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I left Equifax, went to Bank of America, where I worked for a little while at Bank of America in their uh, computer operations, left there, worked at Allied Systems uh, in their um, uh, uh, data center, computer operations. Again, I, 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 that's where I kind of got started, but um, and where I really learned a lot about working with a team, building applications, making the quality of them and all of that. So, you know, I, I, I love the, the, the story of, you know, one, your, um, uh, transition from the military into civilian work. Cause it's, you know, it mirrors a lot of, you know, what, what you're describing and, and what your mission stands for, um, with opportunity at work. So one was it, it was with the army. Yeah, it was with the army. Yes. Army. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for your service. Um, and, and two, um, you know, what was it that, um, that, that inspired you to get into the military? Was that something that was in your family uh, history or that, that, that folks had served in the past or what was your inspiration there? Well, my, my father was in the Marine Corps and he was completely against it. Um, what, what was my motivation really to go in the military was knowing that one, I was scared to go to college because I didn't know what would happen if I went to college. All I knew mm-hmm. was if I go to college, I'd probably party and probably get kicked out. <laughs> um, that was one. And then two, um, not really, you know, not really having the financial means. Um, you know, I knew my mother, single mother uh, of three. I did. I just knew that in order to help her out, I needed to go to college. You know, I needed to go in the military, get the military to pay for my college, where mm-hmm. she don't have to incur that cost. Sure. So that was really my biggest motivation. And then, of course, you know, I convinced my friends. So it's it's four of us, um, four guys that I was always in high school with. We've been friends. 
each one of us went into a different branch to compete against each other. So that was another motivation. One went in the army. I went in the army. One went in the Air Force. One went in the Marines. One went in the Navy. And every every um, year at Christmas, we would come and talk about our story, our journey. Uh-huh. And of course, we'd do this like physical fitness competition to see who was in fit and all this other stuff. But it was crazy. <laughs> That's funny. That's, uh, you know, with March Madness just uh, behind us, it's a, it's a whole nother level of Final Four right there. Yeah, exactly. uh, that's that's cool. So, um, you know, on, on the topic of, you know, skills that, you know, uh, skills through alternative routes, right, the STARS program, what would you say, you know, going into the into the tech space, you know, transitioning from a military setting, what were some of those skills that you felt uh, were applicable that really helped you in grooming your career? I think the the biggest ones will be communication, discipline, uh, you know, discipline under adversity, right? That That is, you know, today in, in corporate America, there's a lot of change going on. And as long as, you know, a person can be solid, right, have a good mindset and be solid during change. That's what a lot of people are looking for. Um, you know, of course, you need some of the raw technical skills or some of the raw, you know, basic skills in, 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 in technology. But, you know, being able to communicate, being able to manage your time, you know, and being able to handle change or adversity, uh, I think are three are the key things. So you you get into... Um uh, the, the world of tech, but you're, looks like you're spending a lot of time in the, in the FinTech space in the vertical. Um, was that something that you were always kind of interested in or, or did it kind of pick you? Yeah. Uh, it just you... picked me. It, it literally kind of picked me. You know, you went, okay. once you go into an organization, you kind of be around certain people, you start to tend to follow the people. You kind of want to stay together with those same people. I mean, you can't a family, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that. The people that I was always around, we always stayed in that fintech, fin service um, uh, industry. So okay, and so yeah, you go, you start as a programmer, um, and then it looks like you start to work your way into management uh, around uh, the time that you start working with TransUnion. So this is late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, you spent almost 12 years at TransUnion. Uh, what was it about TransUnion that kept you there such a, a long tenure? What, what, was it the culture there? Was it the ability to learn? Uh, they, did they give you, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of mentors there? Like, what, what was it there that kept you so drawn to TransUnion? So yeah, it was, it was definitely the culture um, and the, and the people that 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 I worked with. Um, and so um, TransUnion acquired a company that I was at. It was a more startup, small company called Visionary Systems. Um, when they acquired us, you know, we, we became TransUnion and then the big company, the big, you know, the big mother company took over, you know, like training programs, you know, how, you know, how you lead, you know, um, uh, you know, being, want to be a global company, how we go and be, you know, uh, uh, manage work abroad. All of those type things was very interesting to me because, I've always loved different cultures. I love, you know, a global, you know, working for a global company because now I work with different cultures and different people. That was very fascinating at the time because a lot of companies wasn't doing that back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Companies weren't doing that. Um, TransUnion being a pioneer uh, really 
building like these work centers abroad was very, very interesting to me and gave me the opportunity to get a lot of experience in this. Sure. So. Yeah, that's that's um, something that's certainly appealing. I know that, um, you know, just from uh, you know, a, a recruiting perspective, right, you know, the ability to to work with folks that have worked in a in a glo- like global company like that, right? You're getting experience and, and cultural, um, you know, skill sets that you wouldn't always you know receive if it was just more of a just a locally based firm. Um, and so, it sounds like a great jump off for you to kind of build your career. Uh, obviously, you start spreading your wings here into more of management um, level skill set. Uh, from there, you you move into like a director of engineering for for a few stints, uh, all the way up to a VP of engineering. It looks like for Merchant E Solutions. Uh, what what would you say were some of those um, in, interesting or or more uh, focused skill sets that uh, that you acquire as you jump from manager to director to VP of engineering? What 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 does that ladder look like for you? I think the biggest one for me was uh, learning how to be a servant leader. I think that is a skill that, you know, tend to a lot of a lot of a lot of good managers doesn't understand. And, you know, it's not you know, it it becomes a leader and not just a manager. Right. Um, Being that servant leader where you're you're caring for people. I think that is one of the big ones. Uh, Also, I think, you know, understanding uh, more uh strategically where we're trying to go how we're trying to get there and being able to connect the dots you know figuring out how to take strategically where we want to go and then helping the team connect the dots you know versus you know with with setting objectives setting goals um and and aligning the teams to being able to execute on those goals uh was was instrumental i feel as though in my success and in really building the teams and actually uh, building, you know, uh, uh, a lot of different things in the company. So there's a transition point in your career uh, that I like to to point out here where it looks like the entrepreneurial bug got a, got to you uh, and you, uh, you, you, you launched uh, your own kind of consulting company. Um, this was uh, element of technology around 2017 and, um, what inspired you to to build your own thing or or to start your own company at this time? What what, what was it that uh, kind of uh, you know lit lit that fire for you? Well, I mean, I, I've always you know ever since the you know once I got out of the military, I've always was an entrepreneur in some some fashion. Um, I've always actually you know created things on the side, side projects. It could be you know, creating uh, uh, a little application to kind of track my CDs and my tapes. You know, it could be, you know, something to help my son or something to help my niece or something to help some people, you know, somebody, you know, uh, I've always had little small projects where I bring in, you know, folks to kind of help me or I've, I've been, you know, I, I do it myself. Um, it just, it got to the, you know, I, 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 I've always said, as I start to think about retirement and when I'm ready to say, I'm done with everything. I want to be able to have said I created something. Mm-hmm. So I created created something where I could give him back. And so I created Element of Technology to actually build an application called Spills, which is a, a, a tool to help kids uh, help, uh, uh, college and career plan. That's basically what it is, an online tool, uh, which 
you know, I've created, I've actually given it to, you know, several organizations to, to leverage and use to help kids uh, start to learn about colleges, learn about themselves, as well as learn, you know, what grants and, and, and scholarships are out there to help uh, pay for college, uh, which is, it sounds like an oxymoron for me being a CTO here at Opportunity Work, where I'm saying, where we're saying we're trying to help people that doesn't have a four-year degree uh, uh, get, a, you know, get a, you know, get a, a job that's paying equitable, uh, equitably for them. Um, and, and which is saying, you know, kind of contradicts why are you, you know, you don't want, you know, you're not looking at people that doesn't have a, a four-year degree, but yet you're saying you're building something to help kids go to college. We still have a gap mm-hmm. in, the, in the world today. We got to re- always be mindful. There are people that, that can go to college and there are people that can't go to college and, and the people that can't, that, that, that can't go to college, we should give them ways to figure out how to go to college because I think that college is definitely important. However, the, the people that can't, we should also look at their skills and not just look at what they've done in college. So again, I, 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 I believe that college is important, yes, but also I believe that, you know, making sure we give people or equip people with the necessary skills, if they go to college, they don't, you know, they are, are able to actually get a job where they're actually successful. I mean, we've, sure. we've seen it time and time again, right? Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Hiring the right software engineer doesn't come easy or at an affordable price. As an early stage founder growing quickly, you need strong technical talent without breaking the bank. That's why we created Scale, Hatch IT's flexible recruiting program tailored for startups hiring on a startup budget. Whether you're looking to bring on a new head of engineering or a product manager, Hatch has you covered with dedicated support from seasoned tech recruiters at a fixed monthly cost. Take back the time you've spent sourcing through your own LinkedIn connections and let Hatch handle the heavy lifting of recruiting for you. And while you're at it, give your CFO something to smile about when they're no longer paying for high-priced finder's fees. Visit us at hatchit.io to start hiring on your startup budget today. You know, Bill Gates didn't start in college, you know, built some massive companies, Facebook and and Microsoft. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the theme that I kind of pick up on too is, you know, there's an overarching, you know, foreshadowing here for, you know, the the, the role of opportunity at work of you know, just wanting to um, improve the lives of folks, you know, by whatever means it takes, you know, if it's if it's through college, if it's through apprenticeship programs, um, but giving folks a, a platform, uh, giving folks the uh, the the knowledge and the information that they need to make a a, a decision on what will help improve their lives and their families' lives. I mean, I think overall, it sounds like, you know, you were, you were kind of inspired to, to help folks, you know? Um, and, um, you know, you used, you know, your, your background and, and your experience from a, a tech perspective to, to help create this tool for folks to, to gather data, to gather more research and, and, uh, make more of an educated decision on, on, uh, how they can better improve their situation. So, um, I think there's some foreshadowing there that leads into, um, you know, opportunity at work, which I do want to segue into, um, you know, it's, it's, a it's a big opportunity for you specifically, uh, would this be, you know, obviously you started a, a business, right. As a founder owner, um, but the seat of a chief technology officer or a CTO role, a C-suite role within a corporation like this. Uh, is this your first CTO um, position that you take on? 
actually it's not. I've worked at uh, uh, another company, other comp- two companies as a CTO. I, I, I wasn't there long, so I don't ever want to say, you know, hey, I, I, you know, this, that, and the other. I, I started them. I mean, I, I got in, kind of started helping build, and then, you know, passed it down to a successor, and I, I moved on and found a home where I felt a lot more comfortable, which was okay. But I have worked at a couple other companies as a CTO or, or a or a senior VP. So. And so that that theme of servant leadership um, does that translate as well into what you would consider, you know, what what your job is as a as a, a chief technology officer within a within a company? Yes, I mean it definitely does. I mean, you you know, you have to get people to to work and do things that you know uh, uh, sometimes is not uh, you know it's not great in doing. Um, but, you know, you have to, you know, relate and put yourself in their shoes and figure out ways how you support them and and, and giving them what they need to, to do to accomplish the mission. So, um, of course, definitely um, as a CTO, you 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 have to, to to think about that. So you um, you you uh, pursue this this opportunity with opportunity at work. Um, you know, what was, uh, what was it about the position and the company, I guess that drew you in, uh, to, to accept this one? Well, a lot of what I I thought was, you know, one helping people was, uh, the big thing, but two, you know, a company that was very, you know, that, that preached about diversity, uh, you know, diversity, uh, inclusion, um, you know, they preached it. You know, during my interview, they talked about how strong it was in the, you know, DEIB and actually coming here and being a part of the organization, it truly is a DEIB company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, every company needs some work. I'm not going to sit and say we picture perfect, but we are definitely, you know, practicing diversity at, at all, you know, at, at all levels. So. So the. um the theme at um, opportunity at work, you know, there's a lot of uh, what you all you know, kind of describe as you know tear the tear the paper ceiling. Um, can you just kind of break that down a little bit and and what that uh, you know what that means for our listeners? Yeah. So tear the paper ceiling is a campaign that we launched last year uh, to um, again for for employers to start noticing that. Um, there are, you know, there are skilled uh, uh, workers out here that doesn't have a four-year degree, and we need to start removing the degree requirements that are placed on job descriptions. We need to start removing them and start using uh, more skills or, or describing skills in the job description of what we're looking to achieve or, or what, what we're looking for in order to achieve that job that you're, you know, you want them to, 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 to work and do right. To mm-hmm. bring into your organizations. So that's what we, you know, that's the whole thing of tear the paper ceiling is let's come together. Let's realize that degrees are great, but degrees shouldn't be the thing that holds that bias and, you know, that biasness um, to, you know, for people, it, it shouldn't hold that bias or that prejudice. Um, it, we, if you remove that and list out the skills in which you're looking to attain, you know, or, or you know, to to you look for the skills that you're looking for uh, for that actual role, list them out. Be specific. Know what you're wanting, and 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 you know, 
and let that drive your 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 feeling of that position. That's sure, what sure. prepare the paper ceiling is all about. Yeah, and you know, just you know, knowing knowing more about what you all do is, um, you know, was we we've helped uh, we've helped you all identifying talent. We've worked with you all as a customer in the past, and um, obviously, you know, are always looking to find ways to improve, um, you know, workforce development from a diversity perspective. You know, this was a a very big um, a very big campaign that incorporated. You know, there's about fifty other national organizations, companies like Chevron, Walmart, McKinsey, LinkedIn, um, you know, kind of coming together. Uh, and I think that is, you know, uh, re, you know, reval- like validating that there, there does need to be some sort of a change here um, across the, the greater good of the organization, the, the, you know, corporate America here. Right. Um, and so getting these other companies to participate um is, is gotta be, uh, you know, just kind of that, uh, that validation of like, you know, it is acknowledged, right. There, there is a problem here. Uh, how do we, how do we fix it? Let's work together, uh, to, to try to create this, these, these opportunities. Now I'm, I'm, uh, you know, and that can be done through, through, you know, apprenticeships, right. Apprenticeships is becoming a really big thing that, you know, um, you know, not just, government and, and, uh, you know, uh, agencies within public sector are embracing, but, you know, big consulting firms like Accenture are, uh, becoming big advocates for on, on the job training, uh, which is something that I'm a huge advocate for. Um, you know, I think it's much needed, uh, because the reality is, yeah, there's a, a lot of education stemmed issues, right. And, and some of the things that you pointed out kind of resonates with myself in terms of, Growing up in a lower income household where, you know, the idea of, of college was, you know, just seemed overwhelming from a cost perspective, right? I mean, you know, and it just doesn't get, it's not getting any better. It just keeps going sure. up. Uh, so what are other ways that folks can, can obtain these skills? So like things like apprenticeships, but I do want to bring it back to opportunity at work. So I was listening to um, a, a podcast with your, your old founder and CEO, Byron uh, August, mm-hmm. um, where he, he referenced, you know, there's like 140 million different job transitions that, that, that are, you know, being like data, data points that are being like kind of tracked. And it's, and it's clear to me, and I think it's a, it's an obvious, you know, a couple of examples out there that, that folks can start within a, a position of help desk or, or customer service. Right. And then next thing you know, is they're, they're transitioning into a front frontline sales leader, you know, um, and uh, you know th- these are these are examples that carry on from sales to technology roles to finance. It's about getting the the training, you know, and getting the 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 folks, uh, the employers to to commit to to spending the time to invest in these people uh, to to be able to make those 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 leaps. So I think it's just a really fascinating model, you know. I think there's a very interesting movement right now uh, in, in the labor market. Um, you know, when we think about big tech, you know, layoffs. Um, I know firsthand there's a lot of folks that are out there that, in the world of tech recruiting, uh, that are uh, you know let go um, and uh, looking for for opportunities. And I think there's a reality out there that they might not want to go back into the world of tech recruiting or into tech. Maybe they want to transition into something else, you know, and I think this conversation leads down that path of, 
you know, just because you're, 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 you're labeled this one skill set, that's not the end all be all. Um, there's, there's you can be a recruiter and you can turn around and you can be a, pro, a, a nice, you know, a program manager. Yep. And, and it doesn't need to be in technology. You can be a program manager in finance, right? You right. can be a program manager in healthcare, you know, yep. or a project manager, right? You can, you can also, as a, as a recruiter, you can, you know, <laughs> you can same recruiters become engineers, yeah. you know, Right. right. They could be a, a very good salesperson because again, you're selling the companies when you when you recruit, right? That's the skill. Right. It's the skill. That's right. It's the skill. So it's it's a it's a conversation that we love to to elevate and kind of keep top of mind. Um, you know, we we stand by the the mission uh of what you all are are doing over there. And um, you know, I, I, I wanna kind of just, you know, you use a couple of minutes to to, you know, uh learn a little bit more about, you know, down the line this year, you know, what, what types of roles, you know, do you think that opportunity of work might be hiring for, um, you know, what are the, uh, what are the types of positions that might be coming through the pipeline and in areas of, of tech engineering product, um, that that's, you know, within your org. Um, you know, as we continue to enrich ourselves in data, I can see a lot more, you know, data analysts, uh, roles. Um, I can see, us leveraging more data engineers in our, in here, um, I'm, I'm I'm really hung on architecture, mm-hmm. so definitely um, looking at how I could you know bring in more architects to kind of help us build out some of the uh, intellectual property things that we're trying to to accomplish internally, um, and and as, as always you know anytime you're building things you're gonna always need more engineers so. Sure. More software engineers, software testers. Um, I, I don't call them testers anymore. It's really engineers and testing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, we'll you know continue to build out um, more of that as well. So, what what would you say are some of the things that folks can be excited about uh, if they're to join Opportunity at Work in in 2023? What what what's on the horizon? Um, uh, like I said, we, we, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the, the data mobility mm-hmm. model, um, and the analytics that we're, you know, taking the workforce data, you know, take, you know, taking from the, you know, the labor market and understanding how, you know, jobs transitioning and, and you know, uh, that, that, that to me is really cool and building out heavy, heavy, heavy integrations with some of the big boy systems that are out there, like the, the ICMs and the work days and, you know, that, that to me mm-hmm. is all fascinating type stuff. For sure. Yeah. I think that's, um, those types of partnerships are going to be in- instrumental just given the fact that, you know, how many companies are, are, are relying on these systems. Um, you know, those types of partnerships that, you know, kind of plug and play, um, into that, that ecosystem is, is, you know, a fascinating way of, you know, getting, fo- getting at, uh, folks to adapt. Um, because I think that's the, the, you know, the biggest challenge, right? It, we can talk about it all we, all, all we want, but until there's action on it and, and companies are ap- actually implementing some of these programs and it's, um, it's gonna be a long road to, for change. Yeah. Um, we we seen a, a lot of play at the, at the, at the government level, right? On the state yeah. level, um, you know, doing a lot of integrations with those, you know, those entities as well. It's going to be key. Uh, we know, you know, especially with the big tech layoffs that we're now seeing right uh, across the world, um, you know, across the nation, rather, um, 
we can almost imagine that people are going to be working with, you know, the the, the government entity mm-hmm. looking for jobs and we want to we want to make sure we're right there, you know, in partnership with the, the agencies, you know, those government entities and and actually finding, you know, helping navigate and finding jobs for those stars. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we're uh, from a company that's based here in D.C., you know, with Hatch, um, you know, we started, you know, primarily with, you know, government, uh, government contracting consultants, um, eight A's, you know, small businesses, um, and then we made a pivot into commercial product and startups um, at a point, you know, there was a good point there for a few years where, you know, you'd ask a, a commercial technologist to consider an opportunity that's, you know, uh, helping uh, defense or, or public sector, you know, in some fashion. And it was, uh, it was a huge turnoff. Um, yeah. In the last six months, it's been more and more appealing because there's a level of stability um, that they're not seeing, you know, right now in, in, uh, in the private sector. And so, uh, you know, how do you fill that gap? How do you, how do you uh, uh, allow for, you know, these folks to transition into, you know, these, these, you know, bureaucratic environments that it's a lot of red tape. And, and so, you know, programs like stars um, and uh, companies like opportunity at work, uh, a lot of innovation labs that are out there that connect defense with commercial and and you know bridging that gap. That's something that we're really intrigued with as well as a company and and uh, you know we're we're looking to use our platform the 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 podcast for some future episodes. I'll plug that uh, are all about you know augmenting innovation in, in those settings. So uh, we're excited to uh, kind of kickstart the, the the conversation on this uh, episode as well. Um, I, I definitely would love to, to, to be a part of that. You know, if you guys see me back, um, uh, I think that, uh, innovation labs are, are the wave of the future. I mean, yeah. they've, you know, uh, probably in like the last eight years or so, we start to see a lot of companies start to take advantage of it. I mean, I've mm-hmm. started to see a lot of companies start to take advantage of creating those design labs or, you know, innovation labs where they can prove out a lot of different concepts. And it's really no coding. It's all it's all product design, and it's all trying to understand how users will, you know, react to certain designs or certain things that we are planning or thinking about, right? Before mm-hmm. you actually even go out and implement it. So definitely, would love to be talking through some. Of yeah, that. I mean, there's there's no uh, there's no more in your face, uh, you know, example of this as well than the Open AI, you know, uh, right. the the Open AI lab, right? You know, Chat GPT kind of spun out from this type of innovation lab. Uh, we see a lot of them, um, you know, primarily targeting, you know, uh, innovation in the defense sectors like uh, Kessel Run does a lot of this work out in Massachusetts. And uh, obviously the work that's being done in, in agencies like DARPA um, is is really fascinating. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're here for it. We're, we're um, you know, we're big supporters and, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're able to uh, use our platform to 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 tell your story and to to get the the message out about the the work that Opportunity at Work is doing uh, to promote uh, this innovation. Um, so before we let you go, uh, you know we've got to have a little little more fun here with you uh, with a, a segment that we we call the five second scramble. Uh, and so this is um, you know this is some rapid fire questions where you'll kind of have you know try to keep it under five seconds to to sum up your, your answer. Uh, and, uh, some will be business, you know, some will be, you know, personal, uh, but let's, let's, uh, jump into it. You, are you ready? 
Yes, let's get let's hit it. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, you know, it sounds like you've you've got uh, uh, a child of your of your own. So let's let's date that back to to when your child's five years old. You know, how do you kind of simplify what uh, opportunity at work is doing when you're explaining you're explaining what uh, what daddy does? Yeah, uh, five seconds, five seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, company that helps people that doesn't have a degree find jobs that pays good money. Okay. And so what problems uh, are, are you solving here at Opportunity at Work? problem we're trying to solve is uh, a large number of people don't have jobs or don't have good paying jobs. And we want to change their life to where they can now take care of their family. There you go. What's your favorite aspect about working at Opportunity at Work? Uh, being a, a leader that's part of the, the whole mission. You know, I'm, I'm part of something that's bigger than me. Is there anything about your work that keeps you up at night? Um, yeah, trying to trying to make sure that I I position the technology and and the company in a in a in a in a good way to actually help the people that we're trying to help. What type of technologists would you say thrive uh, at Opportunity at Work? Uh, inquisitive, uh, innovative, and a uh, cheerful uh, technologist. You know, can't be no, can't be dark, can't be in the closet. You know, that's that all that automatically comes with a technologist. But you right. know, we want we want a person to be cheerful. We want to be upbeat, uh, very inquisitive, ask a lot of questions, and being innovative. What's your um, what's your go to cereal? Ooh, good one. Uh, Captain Crunch. Mm, with the Crunch Berries? With the Crunch Berries. Got there you go. Berries. Gotta have the Crunch Berries. Um, you uh, coffee or, or tea or none of the above? Tea. What's your favorite app on your phone today? Uh, TikTok. <laughs> hey, I don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. There's a lot of entertainment to be had. That's it. Um, Who's a tech entrepreneur that you that you find fascinating? Um, Steve Jobs. What do you love most about yourself? Cheerful, funny, uh, loving, and very uh, empathetic. I pick up on that. What would you say would be a superpower that you would love to uh, love to own? What would it be? Uh, blessing people. If I can, if I can bless people with or gift people with with something, uh, if I, if whatever they want, I can give it to them. That would be a superpower. So you want to be the genie? I want to be the genie. <laughs> be the genie. What would you say is the worst fashion trend that you've ever followed? Oh my God! Uh, probably cross colors back in the back in the eighties, uh, late nineties, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Cross colors, the bright, bold colors with the big shoes. I, I mean, you know, it's coming back, right? It, it always repeats itself. I hope it, yeah. I hope that never comes back. They <laughs> <laughs> could bury that one. All right, we we got to end it with the golf question. You know, you, you know, you go out there and, and swing some sticks around. So what? Um, if you could be paired up uh, for a round of golf with any athlete, you know who who would uh, who would you want to be paired up with? Michael Jordan. 
Okay. There you go. I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think Jordan got a good golf game. So, mm-hmm. you know, it would probably, probably be him or Steph, Steph Curry. Good answer. I think, I think both of them, you know, very, very, very uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I guarantee they both got a good golf game. Yeah, I, I I would have to go with I would have to go with the goat. I got to go with Tiger. Got to go with Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, he, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he, that maybe that might, be, that might be a good one too. Yeah, you could teach you teach me a thing or two. Um, well, now, good stuff. The thing is, you don't want them to teach you what's on the you know on the, on the golf course. You want to teach them about other things in life, right? That's true. So that's true. I, I, Michael Jordan is a great businessman, very competitive guy, and you know, I, I don't know. That's what I. I, I there's nothing wrong with that. Is that's another goat. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for spending time with us, Kelsey. Uh, you know, we are we're excited for the future of what you all are building, uh, and of course the the mission behind Opportunity at Work. Uh, it's definitely a space that needs a lot of attention. So appreciate you all doing the hard work and lifting over there to uh, to to solve some big problems. So we're rooting for you all. Thanks thanks for joining us on uh, on the Pair Program. Yeah, thank you, man, for inviting me. And definitely, you know, I won't be a stranger if you ask me to come back. I'll be back. We love we love repeat visitors, so we'll take you up on that. 